0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to episode 8 of Steve's Cannabis Show. My name is Steve Vandewal and I'll be your host as I am every week. Uh, my guest today is a return offender, uh, my good friend and colleague, Kaelin Castetter, a Binghamton native, um, who is a regulatory compliance expert and the founder and CEO of CSG Hemp. Today we are going to provide a legislative update because we are four days away from the New York State budget being passed and obviously in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis there's a lot of uncertainty of whether or not cannabis is going to pass with the budget like we previously thought it would. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to clarify some of that today and just uh a lot of things happen in Albany in a couple of days. You know, 24 hours is a lifetime in Albany, so things are subject to change. Uh, so this episode was recorded a uh, Friday, March 27th at 11 a.m., and information is bound to change, and we will do our best to keep you posted. So, Kaylin, welcome to the show again.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve. Um, you know, I definitely wish uh, we were all in uh, better circumstances right now, um, but, you know, uh, life moves
0: on, right? It sure does. Um, this is obviously a pretty crazy time and uh, it's, you know, part of me feels a little bit guilty talking about cannabis in the middle of a pandemic, but from an economic perspective, we obviously can see the immense economic value that a new industry can bring to this state, to this country, which is something I think we need more than ever right now. So we've gotten a lot of conflicting rhetoric over the past couple weeks with, you know, saying it's going to be passed with the budget, the budget's going to be gutted with no cannabis. And then Liz Kruger came out and said, um, you know, it's not going to make it in the budget. And then Cuomo in his daily presser earlier this week said they're very much looking to pass it with the budget. So my question is where the hell are we in this process?
1: Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned at the the beginning, you know, things are subject to change in 24 hours and Albany is, uh, is, uh, is, a, is forever, right? So, you know, Tuesday night, Tuesday at midnight is the looming deadline to pass the budget. And, um, you know, as of right now, from what we understand is there really isn't many discussions being had between, um, the legislature and the governor's office, um, on, on cannabis. Um, You know, what we saw is in the middle of March, the legislature released the MRTAC version, which is kind of their, you know, the bill that they've been carrying for years to legalize adult use cannabis. And uh, there's some pretty stark differences between the MRTAC version and the CRTA, right? And so in normal times, you know, those differences would be, had been negotiated over the past two weeks leading up to the budget. And we would probably see some sort of um, or, or hopefully see some sort of compromise in, um, in in the budget that was eventually passed, right? Um, you know, unfortunately, I think that the entire state has been mobilized um, to fight this, you know, uh, crisis where New York State is, you know, uh, has more cases uh, confirmed cases of COVID nineteen than than any other state in the country. So rightfully so. The entire state has, you know, everyone and all the resources of the state has been mobilized to, to fight this crisis. And I think in that process, you know, these uh, fundamental differences in the MRTAC and, and the CRTA, which is the governor's proposal um, to, to regulate adult use cannabis, they really have not been discussed Really, haven't been worked out. So, you know, I'm not feeling very confident right now. Uh, From my perspective that, you know, any sort of cannabis,
0: uh, adult use cannabis
1: legalization finds its way into the budget uh, Tuesday at midnight.
0: You know, it's it's unfortunate, but I think we look, you know, we've been talking about this this now more than ever campaign, and we see what New York can do in terms of mobilization in times of crisis. So one can only imagine, you know, if we can have all eyes on us, and, you know, the governor has done an absolutely incredible job handling this. I mean, he really is the go-to source for truth in the matter, which is unfortunate that we can't really rely on the federal government, our president, for, you know, truth or factual information, it seems like, but... Where I'm getting at is the governor, when he wants to get something done, he can get it done. He's a very powerful man. He knows how to work the system. So I can only imagine that, if, if he wanted to, he could probably put his might behind getting this bill passed. But you know, where are we? Why isn't this something? You know, we know what the economic benefits are. Uh, the Rockefeller Institute of Government released a, a report last year, back in April 19, uh, April, <clears throat> excuse me, April 2019, that said. Um, The economic that really outlined the potential economic impact of uh, adult use cannabis, and it was something to the lines of the upward bound was forty-five or forty-six thousand potential new jobs, and up the upwards of three point four billion dollars in economic output. Now we are in the midst of a public health crisis and now an economic crisis. So why, from an economic perspective, should cannabis be used as a tool? to at least start to mitigate the economic fallout of COVID-19. You know, is this a strong enough narrative to be able to get the executive branch and the legislature to find some middle ground to pass this? Because in our opinion, there is no better time than now.
1: Yeah, no, and I absolutely agree. I think there is no better time than now. And we need this as we crawl out of possibly one of the largest economic crisis uh, of the past hundred years, especially since uh since 2008 and possibly since, uh, since the great depression, right? So, um, but, but it's a different economic crisis, right? It's a, it's a pause, right? Yeah. You, know, you know, Cuomo came in and implemented New York pause. So, you know, as we start to get going, it really, you know, entry opportunities for entrepreneurs and small businesses and investors, uh, will be welcome. And that's really what cannabis is. And it, it can be in a way that, Um, helps communities and small businesses and entrepreneurs throughout the state, um, you know, really have something to look forward to economically, right? And in terms of opportunities for jobs, we're looking at 30,000 jobs or more created. We're looking at economic impacts of upwards of $5 billion. So yeah, definitely the time is now. The problem is there's a fundamental disagreement beyond, you know, say uh, important issues such as tax revenue and cr- you know criminal penalties for possession of you know uh, unregulated cannabis and um you know growing at home you know these are all very important issues but but issues that that could ultimately be dealt with over the next year or so in regulations and, and more law well. but the fundamental issues is who controls the regulatory agency the Office of cannabis management right is it the governor is it you know, part the governor appointees and part uh, appointees from the legislature. And where is the tax revenue going, right? So, you know, I don't think there's a disagreement between the governor and the legislature in terms of tax revenue should, you know, some tax revenue should be allocated towards education, law enforcement, and uh, communities that have been disadvantaged by the drug war. But whether that gets done in a way that, specifically requires the money to be put into certain funds or whether it's discretionary funding uh, from the general fund and, and gets worked out every budget. Um, that's the fundamental difference.
0: It's been uh... it
1: resolved in the past year and a half or the past two years or the past month or the past 14 days, right? So um, that's really why I think it's it's a hurdle, right? Um, I also, you know, you guys have to understand too, you know, creating this program is going to cost the state money in the short term. In the long term, it will bring the state a lot of revenue. And, you know, Governor Cuomo is obviously a forward-looking looking guy. And, and, but, you know, the reality is when you have, you know, the budget director say we have $15 billion shortfall. And, you know, the state is essentially borrowing money and and spending money they don't have. And the federal government in their stimulus package as, as the governor. Uh, pointed out is not doing anything to address that budget shortfall for the states, especially not in New York state. Um, it's tough to then spend money to open a new office. And I think politically the optics of, you know, legalizing adult use cannabis in the backdrop of this uh, crisis uh, could be, could be a little tricky, uh, especially for lawmakers who might be on the fence. So I think all those play into the fact that it's just, it's not, um, it, it's it's not looking good for them suddenly resolving those differences um, at the you know at at the last hour, um, but yeah I mean you know you make some good points it it does need to be done and it's disappointing so I, I think we look back and say you know these differences you know really need to be resolved you know we have a majority right so the Democrats control all three branches or all three you know parts of the the lawmaking process. You know, the assembly, the Senate and the governor's office. And so, you know, the, the, the democratic caucus needs to come together and, and, uh, and, and, and bridge the gap on, on these differences. And until they do that, I don't think we see any meaningful legislation passed.
0: So Outside of adult use legalization, the CRTA, well, both bills, you know, CRTA, MRTA also include improvements to the medical program. You know, if adult use legal is, is there any way for improvements to the medical program to be had if adult use doesn't get passed? Because, you know, the bill is extremely comprehensive and covers, you know, a number of things from medical program improvements, legalizing adult use and, and improvements and, and really the creation of a more sound regulatory framework for hemp. Yeah. Outside of, of adult use, what about improvements, you know, to medical and, and the other factors around surrounding the hemp industry?
1: Yeah, so, you know, the the greatest legislative accomplishment for cannabis in the past two years has come from the hemp extract bill, uh, passed and carried by someone of them, Don Lopardo, chair of the agricultural committee in the assembly. And that is going to create a robust framework for quality and uh, safety across and then standardization across the industry and across the marketplace for hemp in New York State. And that's going into effect regardless. Um, but the question is whether that goes into effect with regulators who are only focused on cannabis or regulators in the Department of Health, right? So I do think there's a possibility where you see the um, you know medical program expanded. I don't think you see that expansion happen in the budget though. I think what you see is Best case, in my opinion, is that the, you know, Office of Canvas Management is created in the budget um, to regulate hemp and to regulate medical with the idea of an expansion uh, legislation focused on expanding the program, expanding patients, expanding access, expanding maybe number of licenses, expanding, you know, uh, product offerings, um, and and a lot of things may be done in a legislative session and we don't know how that legislative session looks like right is that mean remote if voting one, you know? <laughs> if, 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 if there will be one exactly um, and the only the only thing we know what's going to happen is an election is going to happen in November and uh, there's a lot of state senators who are up for re-election in districts that are tough and it's going to be um, you know tough in in Long Island and Westchester for Democrats to hold on to their seats so um, it brings back the issue of, you know, um, support in those areas not being there for adult use legalization. Now, is it there for medical? Possibly. But do opponents paint a medical expansion as just, you know, basically um, expanding the access of cannabis under the guise of of medical, but in reality is, is for adult use consumption? So that's a possibility. Um, but yeah i mean it, it, we also as an industry have to watch out for expanding the medical program to the nine registered organizations who are you know multi-state operators and you know in our opinion don't necessarily uh have a lot of um you know loyalty in new york to the new york residents the new york taxpayers to new york businesses entrepreneurs and new york patients right they're looking at their stock price and their bottom line so you know At the expense of, uh, of, of uh, you know, to to you know, give give these ROs a uh, great opportunity.
0: I know we've really kind of taken this incremental approach to legalization over the last couple of years. Obviously, with the death of the MRTA last year, was birthed the decrim bill, which wasn't a big win, but it was a, a slight, you know, win in the right direction. And then we had the hemp extract bill, which was a, a huge win. Um, and a medical expansion would be a huge win, you know, even if, you know, we look at the the addition of flour, if they open up access we have to look at these as wins but from an economic perspective and a small business perspective the more time that we allow these vertically integrated ro's to gain ground is going to make it much more difficult for these small businesses to thrive once we do hopefully hopefully legalize adult use you know is it the end of 2020 is it 2021 you know, from a small business perspective, how much, you know, let's say the medical program introduces flour. And I'm always under the assumption that if the medical program had to make one change and, you know, if they just added the additional flour, spike in business would be huge, you know. So what happens to small businesses if we wait another year to legalize, you know, from a small farming perspective, from a mom and pop business perspective, if we allow these ROs to open up, to have a larger product offering, to have, you know, a whole nother year to gain ground, what does that look like for small businesses in 2021? Yeah, so,
1: you know, I don't, I don't know. Um I don't, I don't know what that, that looks like for, for small businesses. You know, if you see a, you know expansion of, of medical I, – I think the greatest opportunity for small businesses right now is probably in the hemp industry. And uh, the hemp industry has taken a lot of hits, um, you know, from a, from a cycle boom to, you know, somewhat of a bust in the, in the past year in terms of the market and pricing. And, um, you know, but I think there's still a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity there for – all you know what 20 we say twenty thousand uses of hemp right so beyond cbd behind beyond extracts beyond cannabinoids but industrial and there's a lot of opportunity there but a lot of the opportunity is going to take significant investment from the government uh in infrastructure and supply chain and um you know i think that all government investment right now has to be looked at because of the shortfall in, in tax revenue so um you know, really what small businesses need is they need an adult-use cannabis uh, marketplace that they can, they can have access to. And unfortunately, now we're looking at next year, maybe, and after that, another year of, of a rollout and, um, you know, another year or two or three of, of these opportunities not being available while, you know, these nine registered organizations pad their pockets. And if they do get expansion of medical Uh, They should definitely open the supply chain up to small businesses and farmers across the state to supply the need, right? Uh, I think there is a significant legitimate medical need for cannabis in New York that goes beyond the amount of patients and the limited product offerings uh, that are now in the marketplace.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is a significant need because it's funny how in the, you know, the last couple of years, you know, cannabis in New York went from being highly illegal to an essential business. Right. So it's obviously well needed. But how do you know, with with, you know, the medical the parameters on a medical program uh, involving, you know, the need to be vertically integrated. How do if they were to open up the supply chain to small businesses to be able to participate in that market? What exactly does that look like?
1: yeah, it's a good question. I think it can look like a lot of things. I think that um, you can expand the licenses, right? So you can have small businesses able to get retail licenses to uh, allow uh, existing hemp processors and farmers to supply medical cannabis to um, to these licenses, retail licenses, whether they're you know the registered organizations or um, new new licenses. So, it could look a lot of ways, but I think the best way to do it would be, to, like I said, allow uh, hemp growers to apply to grow medical cannabis, allow hemp processors to apply to process medical cannabis, allow the ROs to purchase from those companies, and then expand the uh, licensing to New York businesses, to small businesses, to you know, uh, for for retail, maybe by. Uh, two, three, or fourfold, right? So you know, looking at maybe thirty to forty uh, license holders on the retail side, and you know, maybe another couple dozen, three dozen, um, you know, license holders or more on
0: the production side. I've I've always felt that you know it's kind of sad that there seems to be a uh difficult for an adult use program to coexist with a medical program because reality is these two industries are competing uh, at the retail. Right. But my, in my opinion, you know, medical companies really should be focused on, on R&D more than competing for profits. Right. That's just kind of the theme of, of, of modern day pharmaceutical industry. But, you know, we look at cannabis and, and there's, you know, with what we know about the number of cannabinoids and terpenoids and flavonoids and these different uh, chemical variants of, and different types of strains of products, there are virtually endless amounts of genetics that can be produced through cannabis, you know, who's to say the difference between, you know, one strain of cannabis that has, you know, this terpene versus that terpene and what does the medical effect look like? So one can only assume knowing that we have hundreds of thousands of different strains of cannabis that can be produced and knowing that these different chemical variants all provide a different medical benefit. To me, it would seem the the most likely, you know, the the best way to really explore all these different strains and all these different medical benefits would be to, to leverage the the infrastructure of of the medical ROs in terms of testing and processing but be able to leverage the farming infrastructure of small business to be able to, you know, essentially create some sort of like gig uh, economy where we can start testing out, ge- you know, small crop genetics, you know, who's to say that if you didn't have a thousand small farmers out there, each producing a hundred plants of a hundred different genetics, you know, what does that look like from a medical perspective? So I've always kind of been frustrated of why we can't, why an adult use market and a medical market can't coexist when the reality is there's enough there's enough space in the sandbox for everybody to play in. And knowing that we're really just have only explored the tip of the iceberg of, you know, what cannabis presents as a, as a medical agent. It makes the most sense to to merge both industries from an R&D perspective and an ag, ag perspective. But unfortunately, the ROs really seem to be focused on, you know, profits over people and profits over farming and profits over small business, which is really unfortunate. Um But yeah, I think we're in a weird time. Um, I think that we were really on track to get this passed. You know, I've been uh, let down and brokenhearted by by Albany before, you know, last year, the MRTA, that was pretty devastating for all of us. And I think we were on the right track to have this legalized with the budget. Obviously, we are in unprecedented, unforeseen circumstances. So anything could happen in the next five days. But uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's an interesting time. I appreciate you coming on the show in such short notice. I hope you all are hanging in there, um, down in Binghamton. What are you guys from a CSG hemp perspective doing, uh, to keep your daily business operations going?
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, th- th- thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, by the way, uh, Stephen, and am happy to, to join whenever. And, and I agree, you know, I think that what needs to happen is, you know, outside of um, this crisis or, or during the crisis, you know, uh, members of the governor's office and the governor's team, they need to sit down and work out these fundamental differences that, I point to earlier in the show and and it needs to happen and needs to happen quickly. Um, so, you know, I hope they, they, they do, do take time to do so. And, um, you know, from a, a coming perspective, you know, we went to working, um, out of the office. And we just moved into a new office and, and new operation. Uh, it was very exciting at the beginning of the month. So it was tough to, to have everyone start working from home. But we did that about two weeks ago, um, to keep everyone healthy. And, uh, you know, we are, you know, still uh, working with all of our clients and and all the businesses that we work with, um, and updating them on a, on a constant basis and, and making sure that they have the tools to continue to be successful. And I think it's been tough. Uh, we've also been looking at, um, you know, some operations that that we're involved in and, and seeing how those operations can um, supply some of the needs of the state from a healthcare perspective, um, whether that's sanitizers or, or medical equipment, et cetera, and, and some of our partners who um, are deeply uh, ingrained in the medical supply um, side of, of, of the business, the medical supply industry. So um, you know, we're just trying to see how we can do our part in, in any way, but, um, you know, things, things definitely haven't stopped here. They have just changed venue. Right. So instead of all being together and, you know, we have an excellent collaborative work environment, we are now, um, uh, together over, uh, over teams meetings and, um, you know, video chats. So. It's definitely challenging and it's challenging for everyone, but we're thankful for our health and everyone is staying healthy on the team. And, and Steve, I hope you and, and everyone there stay healthy. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, this too shall pass. And uh, fortunately we have uh, such a great leader as Governor Cuomo to get us through this. And, um, you know, I th- one thing that I was struck with is is his comments about how, you know, New York's greatest strengths right now are, are leading to um, – us being the the epicenter for this health crisis you know our diversity our openness to the world our closeness um and um but but event but evidently that will be our greatest strengths in pulling ourselves out of this from an economic and health crisis standpoint so i have a lot of hope in uh, for the future of new york
0: i do too i feel very uh you know the one if anybody to say, how do you feel when you hear Governor Cuomo speaking at his press conferences? And I, I feel safe. Right. His, he's very calming. Yeah. He presents facts. Um, he's really stepped up to be a, 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 a leader that I think the entire world at this point is looking at, um, which, you know, gives me a lot of faith for not only our state, but, but our country. You know, I think that like any system, whether it's a biological system, whether it's an economic system, is that strength growth comes from from stress right just like if you in order to get bigger muscles and get better at athletics you have to stress the system a little bit to get better I think our system has been stressed uh, a lot over the last 10 years a lot over the last three years Um, but I am a a, a, an optimist um, and I think that we're going to come out of this stronger than ever um, I think the leadership in Governor Cuomo is going to make that happen. And uh, I'm just really happy to be a New Yorker right now. I know we're at the epicenter of this 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 pandemic, this crisis, um, but I think we're going to come out just fine on the other side. So, Kaylin, again, thanks for coming on the show. You're a wealth of thank knowledge. You. Uh, you're a powerhouse in the industry, and I just can't thank you enough for uh, providing your insight. So I hope you all down in Binghamton are staying safe. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, please feel free to reach out with you know we're, we're trying to provide content to ease people's minds during this tough time so let me know what you want to hear let me know what you want to talk about um, i'm happy to provide content that you know makes a, a, it easier to pre- pass times like this so again this is episode eight of steve's cannabis show thank you all for tuning in tuning in and we'll see you next week